words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Um, glow in the dark. We, the anchor scripture for today comes from Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to the brightness of your rising. When we come to Jesus, the light of the world, we are designed by God to be light to others. And this is why Jesus says in Matthew 5, let your light shine so bright before people and before nations that men may see you and see Christ in your life and give glory to God. The minute you take this decision, everything comes at you. Everything, I mean everything, your mind, your family, relationships, and people you love, everything comes to take that light away. Everything comes to show you darkness so that you're unable to shine. I'll give a parallel from Genesis 1, and just please go with me. Um, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light, and it was good. And then God divided the light from the darkness. Um, and then God started to go through creation. So he created the birds. He created the, 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 they separated the waters. We all know that story. And then he got to the part where he created you and I, the original man. So he said, then God went on to create man in our own image. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the birds of the air and every living thing on earth. Then he said in verse 29, I have given you herbs that yield the seed and every tree that yields the seed, for it shall be for fruit. Herbs that yield seed and trees that yield seed, so it shall be for fruit. We eat so many things in the world apart from this. Um, that's for another day. Um, to the very beast and the bird, that's in verse 30, I have given herb for food. Then... It goes to say, God planted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and gave them trees for food, except for the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Then we go to Genesis 3. And then the serpent and the deceiver came. Um, do we have Genesis 3 up? Um, now, the serpent was more cunning can we have the NLT version? Now, the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said you shall not eat from the tree of, good, from the, tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, Accept the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. 
But the serpent said to the woman, this is where the wala started, but you shall surely, not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. And then when the woman saw that the tree was good, so they entered a conversation, and then the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable and pleasant for food, that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise. So this was a woman that had given, that told Satan what the explicit instruction was. We can't do this. Then he entered a conversation. And then immediately her mindset shifted. She started to see that it was pleasant. And then he was looking delightful. And um, she took of the fruit and he ate. She began, there's a part of the scripture that says, um, she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took of the fruit and ate it. He, and then she gave her husband, he ate it too. Their eyes opened, they felt shame and their nakedness. So in summary, the woman subsequently named Eve, entered conversations, and because of the conversations she entered, the deceiver was able to shift her from a place of authority and dominion. She essentially became a legal captive because she allowed her mind get corrupted by entering into conversations. From the beginning of time, from that day on, man has constantly faced a warfare of the mind where the things and the conversations, the things we see with our eyes and the conversations we engage in and the things we allow to come into us slowly and gradually creep into us and become strongholds. They become lies that now become truth and they help the the inadvertently cause us to start to leave or start to actually allow darkness brood around us. When we come to know Jesus, the light of the world, you know, I said that already, we're designed to be light. Um, and, um, you know, once we decide to stand for Christ, like I said, that everything comes at you. Struggles, arguments, lies that we entertain, um, just like Eve, is still our dominion and our ability to shine because we've allowed the devil take charge of our minds. It is important that we are aware of these lies and that we're able to keep ourselves, you know, out of darkness so that the enemy does not set us on a, on a tangent, that will, that, a tangent of destruction. Um, as, as I was mulling over what to share, and I was just hearing um, two scriptures, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Um, and the other one, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty God for pulling down struggles, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the challenge Eve had at the time, like everybody else, is that she entered conversation and a stronghold was built. And she was unable to bring that conversation into obedience to Christ. I'll start by myself. Um, by nature, I'm a person that can do anything. I have a can-do spirit. And um, um, I can do anything. Like once you give me a task, I will get at it and I'll get it done. The minute I got saved, I was stripped of selfishness and I got faith. 
you know, I got a gift of faith that was amazing. I could do anything. Once I believed in it, I would go. Um, I have stories of faith that I've, I, I left. I left America for London, and my visa was in, it was in Nigeria. And I went to the border patrol. And the people I was traveling with were panicking and calling everybody to see what was going to be done. And I just kept going like I, I had a friend about our patrol. We got there and um, the man was asking me. So I got in front of him and I held my phone and he said, don't tell me you're about to show me your phone. I said, yes, I, I left my passport in Nigeria. And the guy looks at me and says, What's, do I know my passport number? And I told him and he walked, you know, in and came back and let me in. Um, that's the kind of faith I had. <laughs> but you know something? Even with that face, even as that kind of person that could go because I knew what I carried in God, um, I got to a place where everything came at that face and I didn't even realize it. So I was going on as a person, doing life, just trying to... I remember Pastor Moses recently asked me, how are you doing? How's your soul? And I'm like, it's good. So that's the kind of... I was always encouraging myself in faith. But apparently, I was dying and I didn't realize I was in darkness. And I'll explain why. So I'd been um, a managing director of a company um, and a shareholder of that company. And, and um, we were paying taxes in excess of 300 million. So I was doing exceedingly well and everything was great. And then all of a sudden, that ended. And as that was ending... Um, I was, I, I was uh, tr um, trying to naturalize in America because the rest of my family, they're Americans except me, the Bush one. Um, so I was trying to be like them and it required me to stay in America for a year. And because I didn't want to be away from my family, I had um, overstayed. You can't be out of America for six months. So here I was 10 months. I was thinking, well, it was COVID. I had an example. And one day, um, someone called me from the States and just said, look, there's an opening somewhere. I should come. Can I come? Can I come? Because they knew I had to come to America. And I literally upped and went. And what was this job? I had to be um, a, a human resource, um, resource and an administrator. It, it, it did not make any sense. It, it didn't, it, it, and before then, somebody, a, a friend in church had just, she, we never really, she never says anything in church. And one day she calls me. This is before, while this was going on, I said, she saw me in a room sitting on a chair and I seemed confused. Then Donald Trump walked in and opened the curtains and I got up and I went. So immediately this woman said this to me. Um, I called the person I said I'm coming because that simply to me felt like I had to be in the States. So I start this job. I'm driving 40 minutes to Baltimore from Silver Spring. Every morning I'm back and it was just ridiculous. I was battling having to go and buy coffee and um, onboarding people from where I was coming from. And one day I was driving and I just burst into tears. I was alone, my family, and at the time, we had just made a bid to manage something, a, a business in Nigeria, and as we got it, it was a day I got the call to leave. So my wife couldn't leave and join me because we had committed to it. My kids couldn't come. I was alone. And being alone as a man, um, especially when you've transitioned into being, um, being in this space, <laughs> Um, it was very difficult and I was just, I was frustrated, I was angry, I was, I was lonely. And one day I just prayed and I said, God, um, what's this about? God, what's this about? I was frustrated and I went to God crying and praying and 
And he just said, have you checked? Do you know if this is in my will for you? Do you know why, you know, why, why you are here? Anyways, I, like we do, all of us do, I encouraged myself and I went to work. That morning, so I was, while I was trying to encourage myself, I was playing worship, like, and I actually played it on speaker. You can't do that in the States, but I did. I didn't care because I needed to edify myself. And then this guy, this younger black American started singing. And then I look at him and I'm like, you know, they said, oh yeah, I was a church boy. Backstory. I would, he'll come to me and say, big brother, and we'll talk and I'll advise him and he'll do something silly and I'll just tell him. And the guy would just get mad and report me to everyone. So I thought, ah, this is American weary. Just give this one space. So I'd stop talking to him. So the, immediately he did that. I thought, this boy knew God. So I just started talking to him. Um, and then he came to me. I said, oh, he was dealing with something. I was like, what? And he showed me a picture of how he had been practicing to kill himself with a gun. He was carrying a gun. Now, some days before that, while I was on my seat, I saw a flash of an active shooter coming, and I dashed to pull, pin him down. And I thought, ah. So I got up and went around the building, and I saw that uh, the security locks had been compromised. So I called IT and security, and we sorted them out. And I'm like, and at that time, in Baltimore, there were like multiple cases of active shooters. And you know when someone wants to kill themselves, what they do first? is that they go and kill everybody around them and then they come back and kill themselves. So that was the first, that was the first thing. This was me hating where I was and I stopped someone from killing himself, stopped saving my own self and a host of other people right there and right there. Um, five minutes after I walk into the, there's this hall of um, people on the floor. It's like a warehouse on that side and I was just walking and I see this lady and I just put my hand on her, um, like, like, you know, like Pastor Moses. How are you doing? And she just broke down and she started crying. Uh-uh. <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? And then she goes, her husband is a drunk and her husband is beating her up. And he used to work and he, he, he broke his back when he was working. He lost his job. He'd become a drunk. Um, and, and, it, and she was just going to leave and she was done. I became Pastor Moses, started talking, started encouraging, started praying. I, I, I was doing things that you can't do in the States. I was praying with people. I, was, I would go and pray. I'll take her out just so that we don't get into trouble. Encourage us, read scripture, talk to her. And she'll be looking at me. Anyways, three days, four days into it, she came back smiling. The guy had come home, had stopped drinking, um, and everything was fine. I went into the office. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm sharing all of this. I went to the office and so another day, um, another girl comes, there's this younger girl. She's always just talking about Nigeria and she's like, I don't know why, but I think you need to start a, you need to start talking to everybody. Can we organize a meeting where you can share and encourage and talk to people? And it was then I realized you're a light. That's why you're here. You've come to save people. Um, it doesn't matter the journey because whether you liked it or not, you had to be in America. I tried to apply with skills, business analysts, everything that I've done. And you know, American Nigeria is not even the same. Your, your experience sometimes means nothing because they want you to take exams and all of that. I didn't have that time. Um, anyways, it didn't end there because I was still alone. 
Um, Magaji, I don't know if he's here, one of my friends came to visit me and we were driving and I was like, I understand why people commit suicide. And he froze. He said, should I call your wife? You know, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying I want to kill myself. I'm just saying I can easily see how people slip into depression, how people um, get into the place where darkness is around them and they don't, they don't have any, any um, way out. Um, what kept me then was, you know, was Ecclesia Hills. I would get on, I, at that point, I will get on every freaking, sorry, pardon my French, every, every meeting we could have online and just encourage my, I had to encourage myself. I had to, and I couldn't tell my wife who was dealing with managing a business she had no experience about that I'm, I'm crying. You know, they don't, we don't know how to cry. They teach us to be strong. And, and um, anyways, I mean, I've learned to cry. I cry, I cry so that I can let it out. Like, you know, like people, tears are not fire for my eyes because, um, you know, um, and, you know, that was going on. A year was done. I, I knew I had a year. And, and um, I, I started to apply for a job because when I was trying to get out, I heard the Lord tell me clearly, I told you we're going to be there for a year. I promised the lady who interviewed me because she said she, she doesn't understand why I want to work here because I'm overqualified. But if I do, I have to be here for a year. I just have to. So every time I wanted to get out, I remember that I committed a year. And I tell you not, a year on the dot, we got a call. They had to lay off. And by the way, this was the fifth fastest growing company in America. But every time I was looking, and then I was at the place where I was seeing everything that was going on. I'm like, this, does this the way they are spending doesn't make sense. This company is going to go under. Um, but she, I was just a coffee buyer, so who was listening to me? Um, anyway, they got into trouble. They had to lay off people. And I was called, and the, the HR office was telling me, oh, don't worry, um, you're not going to be, that they have a list already. I was like, ah, I'm going to be on it. Um, she meant it, I wasn't on it, but by the time they finished and they were meant to have the meeting, they realized they couldn't even afford it. even the people they kept, so they, they laid more people off and I got on the list. By the time, it was one year and I was ready. My job was done, I had gone to be light and I was done and I came back home, but it didn't end there. Um, I got home. Where am I starting from? Because remember everything that shut down. In between, I started a project and that um, spent so much money and that one stalled too for some reasons. A movie and an animation project, that one stalled. So everything around me just seemed like everything was dark. Did you get everything was dark? And, and then the guy that I was working with who we relocated for that purpose and who understood that I actually got loans to do this project, got irritated about something and just walked away and kept the passwords to everything. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm like, but I'm, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Um, and I didn't realize that I just shut down and was unable to do anything. I wasn't able to pray. I wasn't able to talk. I wasn't able to walk. I wasn't able to do anything. I didn't even realize that it had become so bad that I had started to, and then I'll be talking to people, I'll be doing things, and then you'll find out that because I'm a can-do person, I'm trying to solve problems, even that was getting on, on some people's nerves and offending them, and then I just shut down. So I started to believe a lie that faith was gone, that perhaps there was something wrong with me, and I just, I completely crumbled. Um, but I was still going on with my can-do spirit. I was still um, 
doing what I felt I could do. And um, I didn't realize that, you know, that. So, so after a while, um, a friend of mine called me. I just started praying with me and my wife. And we started praying and praying. And I just started encouraging myself. And then I, and then I just realized that there had been an onslaught on my face. Like the enemy had actually come at my face and come at my essence and at my being. And without realizing it, I had allowed it to become true. So those lies had become truth for me. And I was functioning in it, just walking and thinking everything was good. But I was in utter darkness. Um, so my wife convinced me um, to go for a retreat in the Seychelles. And it was called a visionized retreat. I didn't want to go. But I thought, well, we're traveling. So we went. And we sat there, and um, the woman was just talking about vision and so many things. And, um, and I came alive. Um, people would tell me, oh, my God, you are so colorful. You bring life. And I'll be like, am I giving out gay vibes? Like, I, because I was still, at that time, I started to doubt myself completely. People were like, oh, my God, Mr. Lats, oh, my God. Um, um, <laughs> um, we, when we were done... I was voted best class, best this, best that. Oh my God, you carry so much. You, and then I'm looking. Is this me? And then of course, my, my own prophet, that's the one in, in my house. Omomi says, I always tell you, you just don't realize what you carry. Um, and then she started to remind me, I was like, I had even forgotten you know, the miracles that have been done, how I became that CEO in the first place, how, you know, I had, I had so many things that had happened to me, I'd completely forgotten. Um, I, I thank God because I was able to realize that I'd stepped into darkness, that, and it was just, I was just unable to shine. And, and the enemy was, was, deliberate in trying to kill that light so I would not be able to carry the glory that I had um, and we prayed and I just started to encourage myself so here I was I'd allowed life slipping um, I'd become incapacitated um, and then I remember the scripture for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds because I'd, I was in, I'd had so many strongholds around me. Do you understand? I'd believe lies. I wasn't, um, I wasn't good enough. I was upsetting people. My, my face was dead. Uh, Mr. Kandu is just, it's an annoying. Um, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Um, as I thought about this and, and so in this season those two scriptures have been like a chant in my mind and in my spirit I rise and shine for your light has come that even though darkness in the, is in the world um, and deep darkness is on the people because that is the age we're in um, you are called to arise and shine and the light of God will be upon you. But to be able to do that, you have to remember that you are battling a warfare. There's a warfare for your mind and it comes in different forms. Um, and the Holy Spirit just began to tell me that for us to be able to take our position to shine, which is the mandate to have dominion like Adam and Eve, we have to understand that 
if we do not guard our hearts and we do not guard the things that we let in, darkness will come. So as, as individuals, we have to constantly ensure that that conversation Eve had that allowed us to begin to see things that weren't good as pleasant, we must bring them into captivity and obedience under Christ. Today, um, so we have to be able to identify what darkness is when it comes around us. Today in the world, we already see that a simple, that the basic, very easy things, sin, um, fornication, and adultery, those are things we all know, and, and some of us, um, different people deal with different things, but we can tell it from a mile away. But there's a darkness that lurks and sneaks and creeps in that we actually don't realize. So like someone like me, I was there doing life, coming to church, ministering, but I had no faith anymore. I was unable to remember what God has done for me. So thanksgiving was far from me. That's the form of darkness. Um, today, I just sense that the Lord is asking us to be able to come and spot and identify and, and remind ourselves and be able to identify what darkness looks like. And I just have a few things that I listed. Um, what does darkness look like? It's limiting beliefs, lies, paradigms that keep us captive. Sin, misery, destruction, death. Um, and I'll just go through them. One major one is ignorance. Because of ignorance, we can completely be in the dark and not even realize it. The most common form of ignorance is the assumptions that, that, that darkness is ojuju or is dark and spooky. Um, but on the contrary, like Eve, darkness, <laughs> it came as light. It was pleasing. It was in the garden. It was, it was about a tree that was good. The tree of knowledge and evil. The tree that would give you understanding and wisdom. Um, and like today, darkness actually is alluring. And it is pleasing to the eye. And it's, it is pleasing to the senses. But what it does is that it corrupts. It corrupts, you know, subtly. And just puts on a place where by the time we realize it, we are covered and we can't, we're not able to shine anymore. Um, it comes in media um, through movies. You know, Pastor Moses, last week he shared this. Uh, was it the Housewives? Or what did you call that? The Housewives of Abuja. Those ones are on another level entirely. Um, um, through media and through music, what you find out is that you listen to these things and then you begin to imbibe a culture and a way of life that is contrary to God without realizing it. Um, we engage them daily. And what happens is that our minds get completely corrupted and we have no idea that we're... And then before you know it, you look back, you're wondering why um, you're in the gym. And <laughs> I've been going... Where is he? I've been going to the gym because one day I, I saw a picture. You know, I go in the mirror in the morning and I see myself and I look okay. Then I saw a picture of myself. I'm like, What? <laughs> belly and all of that I'm like no way so I hit the gym and every single day I just people just come in men and then the women tight things and I'm like what's going on here and every day I realized every day I was there I'm just like ah, ah, that's darkness seeping in so I had to remind myself that the fact that you're even complaining about all these things, 
your mind is getting corrupt. So now I go there, speak in tongues, and mind my business. Because I remember the first day I knew for sure that something was wrong. I go home and I told my wife, I think there's a trainer in <laughs> at my gym. I think you need to go there. Because there's one exercise I saw one woman doing. I was looking at things and I wasn't realizing there's a particular person who has some exercise that when she does it, it, it curves her, her backside. And I believed, oh, maybe that's how the backsides are coming. Of course, I know people do surgery and all, but I was convinced that exercise will give you backside. My people, I'm telling you, what was happening was that I was becoming sensitive. Darkness was around me. You know, so I had to come into the knowledge. I had to remind myself that, hey, mister, go and build your own muscle and mind your business and go home. So, and the day, you know the funny thing? The day I made that my mind and said that to myself and started praying, I was in the gym one day and this lady just came and looked at me and then did her thing and now went in front of me. I started doing different things. I thought, mm, that's my mind. And then, so when I'm trying to catch my breath, I'll walk around and walk around. Then the woman will come and brush my shoulder. I say, ah, you see? From, from noticing the, <laughs> they are coming after you. Um, I mean, so where, where I'm going with this is that I had to recognize in my mind that just by allowing my mind to just taking things, darkness was coming around me. Another thing that was highlighted to me is mindsets. And these are paradigms that become strongholds because of lies we have believed. And they come in different ways. The very first one as easy is when you're growing up as a child and, and one parent, some people grew up in their house and your, the father or mother is saying, you will never do well. And then that, that person grows up just assuming in their lives, carrying that, that, that seeming curse that they will never do well. What has happened is they've allied a lie creeping in mindset that's positioned them in a way that is unable to make them shine light. Um, it is false doctrines we imbibe in church. It is something I call spiritual superiority handicap, which is, which a lot of people suffer in the church. You come to church, you pray in tongues, you prophesy, you go home. Come to church, pray in tongues, you prophesy, you go home, and you have zero impact socially. You cannot affect culture. You can't change anything. Um, and what happens is that the church just has a way of imprisoning our minds with mediocrity and weakness and lack of influence, and we accept it, you know. Um, Bimbo and Kemi are the ones that make me feel this way every time. Because every time we talk about um, the orphanage, I'm just like, look at people impacting the world. Um, focusing on your weakness. The enemy has a way of highlighting weakness. And what that does to you is that you now dwell in your weakness. And you're unable to realize that there are strengths God has given you. So rather than focusing or leveraging on your strengths, you are dwelling on weakness. That's darkness on your mind. Um, that's what happened to me. I started to focus on all the things that wasn't happening, um, not realizing or not remembering that God had given me gifts that was making me light. And it took me that stripping and being in that place where I was buying coffee to realize that, you know, I, I was light. There's a, another lie that tells you, you know, God's glory and God's light is beautiful. It's not beautiful all the time. Remember Job. Job 
was afflicted, lost everything. He had sores. And God said to the devil, look at my son. God was bragging, you know. Um, it can come in form of failure, disappointment, or delay. Um, and this is what a lot of people deal with. You go to God, um, you've put so much time in a relationship, maybe for spouses. Um, you've invested in, in certain things that are not going your way and you just lose, you just become resentful. And because things aren't going the way you are, you start to be upset with yourself and upset with God and just forget that, that the reason he put you there in that situation was because you were first a minister to that situation. Not because, and you were not meant to focus on the problems, but you were meant to start to declare that, you know. So imagine a, a, a spouse who, the, whether the man or the woman has given everything to her husband or her wife, and, uh, or his wife, and, and you're not seeing the result. Most of us just break down inside and start to question and, and take everything we've done to God. But what God is asking us to do there is rather than focus on, on what's not happening, we speak life to the spouse. You know, confess his word, confess his promise, confess his situation because that is how we shine light. Because our calling doesn't mean there won't be darkness. It says, behold, darkness will cover the earth and the people just like Nigeria. There's darkness everywhere. Nothing is working. But he said, my glory will be upon you. And the reason God, you know, the reason that glory comes or the way we can carry that glory is when we do not focus on ourselves and the problems we carry. Is when we stand recognizing that the things we are going through have nothing to do with who we are, what we are, or what we are going through. But we are meant to stand as representatives of God, recognizing that Christ came for us. You know, even Jesus went through darkness. After all the miracles, after everything he said, after the prophecies, when the time came, he knelt down and he cried and said, please, Lord, let this cup pass me by. Even Jesus went, went through a time where he wasn't even sure. I mean, not that he was sure, he knew, but he said, however, let your will be done. So no matter what we are, we have to recognize that darkness is numb and is there. Um, God's glory is not an absence of darkness. It is light. So in the beginning, it said it, in the beginning, there was darkness and God said, let there be light. So we are the ones called. Our lives are meant to shine in darkness such that darkness disappears. When the Lord tells us to arise, he wants us to get up from that lowly position the enemy has placed us in, which causes us to be depressed and lose hope. When he tells us to shine, he's saying that even though the evidence of what we want him to do in our lives has not manifested, we should walk, smile, and rejoice because he has already done it. When God looks at us, he's not seeing our present situations or our problems. Rather, what God sees is the position he has created us to be in. We are the ones that stay in problems and dwell there. And because we dwell there, we're in darkness and we're unable to shine. But he says, get up and stop being depressed and letting your enemies rejoice over you. The people of the world, they take what we know, which is why I say that spiritual handicap thing. They take what we know and they flourish in the world. But we stay, we worry about our problems and stay in our problems and come to church religiously, raise holy hands, praise God, and go back, forgetting that 
We need to, we are in warfare. We are in constant warfare. Everything around us is keeping us in darkness. So we have to engage in the spiritual activities that, that take our attention away from our current situation into the way God sees us so we can manifest as light. The fact of the case is, if we don't guard our hearts diligently, um, we're just sitting ducks because whatever we allow into our hearts becomes how we express ourselves. Um, how do we fight darkness? Proverbs 4.23 is like a roadmap. It says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. This is the TPT version. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using preferred words no matter what. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you are going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. I, I was sidetracked. I was completely gone and I was in darkness and operating. And what was happening was um, I was an ineffective sage. Everybody was seeing this wise man that carried light, but I couldn't affect anything. That's because of where my gaze was. Um, so today, I believe that the Lord will just have us. I don't know where we are. I don't know what we're dealing with. But to just begin to take a, a conscious, um, to do a, what they call a check, to try to figure out the lies that have set in, the conversations we're beginning to entertain, the movies we're watching. It's like my wife and I, I, I watch thrillers and I watch They Can Kill a Hundred People, hmm, goes in and comes out. But for my wife, she's like, oh my God, she's, she's freaking out. Um, so for some people, there are things you watch that just shift your mind and you don't realize. For some people, there are things you, you, you listen to. Um, and I just hear God saying that the ways we will deal with this is to begin to practice living intentionally about guarding our hearts. And that scripture I just read is one. Um, we, 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 we pray this particular scripture which we says again that the weapons of our warfare, warfare they are not carnal but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity under Christ. Um, so we begin to tear down lies and we begin to pull down strongholds, whether it's lies that were not good enough, whether it's lies that um, we, 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 we fell and we committed a sin and... Um, and that thing is just holding us bondage. Then we forget that there's a word that says when you confess your sins to one another, you are healed. So we hide in sin and just, just continue to shy away and not able, and, and not able to recognize that we, there's, a, there's a blueprint for us. Just confess it and go to God and begin to shine again. Um, then we wear the armor of God. It's in Ephesians 6.12. And it says... Um, we, we guard ourselves and we shore ourselves with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and obedience to the will of God. Um, this is actually a template for us. Because when the scripture says that we wrestle against not flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Those are the things that control 
what we engage, whether by culture, how the world operates. And we have to understand as people of light, we have to guard our minds and constantly encourage ourselves and constantly stay in that place of warfare. And the way to do it is by living a righteous life like Jesus. Um, another one is to replace the weights of the world with weights of heaven. Hebrews 12 says, look to Jesus, the author of our faith, enduring the cross, despising the shame, and he sat at the right hand of God. We have to learn that it's okay to be a fool. It's okay to be a fool for God. When you decide to stand for God, people will call you a fool. When you decide to stand for God, people will abuse you and oppress you, and you respond in love still. We go through the darkness of sinfulness and then we learn that Christ is the light, our redeemer. We travel through the darkness of doubt and learn that the Holy Spirit is the source of our faith. We struggle through darkness of crisis and problems to learn that Christ is the protector and the deliverer. We face darkness of death and learn that God grants eternal life. We may weep in the dark, but joy comes in the morning. Another way to look at it is in the message translation of Matthew 14 it says here's another way to put it you are here to be light bringing out the, the God colors in the world God is not a secret to be kept we are going public with this as public as a city set on a hill if I make you light bearers you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket do you I am putting you on a light stand now that I've put you on a hilltop on a light stand shine keep open your house be generous with your lives. Be opening with others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. The choices we are confronted with, the choices we make every single day of our lives, whether it's in the gym when you are seeing bum bum and then you decide to look away, or, or when you're in pain because someone has disappointed you, or when you have not gotten answers to your prayers, or someone has really oppressed you and you're hearing the Holy Spirit tell you, go and be light and you're just, you just don't feel like doing it. These choices, as we obey them, this, these are the choices that make us glow in the dark. It is not by coincidence that we're celebrating um, Ecclesia Hill's fifth year anniversary. It's not by coincidence that tomorrow we're swearing in a president that, that three quarters of the people in this room didn't want. Um, you know, that the things that happen in the world that we just can't explain. But I believe God is having us today. God will have us today. Just take a moment to pull down strongholds and tear down lies that have held us captive so we can go and glow in the dark. I believe that today, God, you know, is calling us to take an inward account of ourselves and begin to just um, practice and, and practice what it means to tear down strongholds that have held us bound and prevented us from shining. I believe today... You know, God is calling us as a people and as, an, as individuals and as a church to collectively take on our mandate as people who carry the light of God. Ecclesia Hills have been called as a family, you know, to carry the spirit of God to, to the world, to save those that are perishing, to, to give love to those that are in a loveless world, to heal a hurting nation. How can we do that if we're, if we're wallowed in pain and we're wallowing in our own in our own, you know, in our own problems, how can we be light? Um, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what, I don't know why God would have me share strongholds and mindsets. But I just want us to close our eyes and take a minute and begin to tear down 
it takes an active it, it takes being active to tear down whatever stronghold has held us bound or has prevented us from shining and having luster i want us to begin to just let's begin to guide the affections of our hearts let's begin to be intentional about the word of God concerning us let's begin to take stock of the strongholds that we're leaving in the lies that we're being told the things that have become barriers mindsets and paradigms that are holding us captive Let's begin to replace the weights of the world with the weights of heaven. Let's begin to make a commitment to be obedient to the word of God. Let's begin to look to Jesus. Father, we come as a people to renew our mandate, Lord Jesus, as a house. That we come, O God Almighty, to accept that you have called us to be a light to the world. And that if we do not guard our hearts, and if we do not um, pull down strongholds and constantly engage by bringing arguments and lies that sipping to the obedience of Christ, we are unable to shine. We come, Lord Jesus, to surrender ourselves to you yet again, that we may carry the mandate of heaven to go and glow in the dark, in a dark world. Father, Lord God, as people who are called to rescue this nation, we, we, we just surrender ourselves, Lord, to you, O oh God, to take our place as light bearers, we decree, Lord Jesus, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because He has anointed us to take good tidings to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, to decree open doors to those who are in prison. Father Lord God, I ask, O oh God, over your people today that we are able to put the full armor of God, Lord, that truth, righteousness, the evidence, the tangible evidence of salvation becomes our testimony, Lord God. We begin to replace the weights of the world with the weights of heaven, Father, that we may carry the light of God. Father, we just bless you this morning. As a people, we pray, Lord God Almighty, that you help us, O oh God, become reflections of light to the world, like Jesus that we're able to carry your life-giving spirit to places that are dark in our lives and to the world. Father, we praise you for saving us from sin. We thank you for redeeming us, Lord Jesus. That throughout time, Father, whenever there was darkness or whenever people, when the world was experiencing people worshiping idols or doing things against your will, you would call a man. So you called Abraham, oh God, out of the awe of Chaldeans with his father from worshiping idols. You called Moses, oh God, from the comfort of Pharaoh's house. Father, we decree today, oh God, we offer ourselves, oh God, and ask that you call us, Lord. Call us as a house to take our place, Lord Jesus. Call us as a house, Lord God, having me stripped of every lie that inhibits us, oh God, to take our place to bring life, oh God, to the darkness. Father, we bless you, Lord, and just decree, Lord, that irrespective of what we go through, Lord, we are obedient to you, Lord Jesus. That irrespective of what we go through, Lord God Almighty, we are surrendered to you. And we go on with the Spirit, bringing everything, every sin that easily besets us, every weight that we carry, Lord Jesus, into captivity and obedience under Christ. And we just go and glow in this dark, Lord God. We go and glow in this dark world. 
we go and glow in this dark nation. As a people, Lord Jesus, we go and glow, oh God, in the rest of the world. As a house, Lord Jesus, as we turn five, we renew our mandate to go, oh God, and save those who are broken. We carry the Spirit of God, Lord Jesus, and we go out to the nation of the earth, starting from Nigeria, to repair its brokenness, Lord Jesus. Launch us as your sons, oh God. Launch us as carriers of light. Help us, Jesus, to bring our minds into obedience, oh God. Help us to purge the things that keep us in darkness. For we will indeed arise and shine, Lord Jesus. We arise as a church. We arise as a people. We arise out of darkness because your glory is on us. And we go and shine to the nations of the earth. Thank you, Father, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 